Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the founder of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing artists and creatives working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody, to uh, what's really the first episode of our change of name to um, the Creative Metaverse podcast. And I'm really excited about this particular episode because, uh, well, besides Geo, but this particular branding and this idea, because it opens us up and I think it really helps um, people see at least the vision that I've had for what game arts is, which is, you know, basically becoming all arts. It's like real time is becoming such an important part of what we do. Um, and so today I would like to welcome Gio Napkill and I've known Gio for a really long time. So Gio, um, I've got you down here. I'm looking at the camera, but uh, thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. So, Absolutely. Like you said, we've known each other for quite some time. I've been a big admirer of your work. So yeah, mm. it's, good, it's good to uh, do this for me. Thanks. Well, me too. So why don't we start um, and just tell people what you do now, then we're going to backpack, uh, backtrack that, go into your background a little bit and your education a little bit. Um, and then I want to start unpacking a little bit um, because we're in this interesting nexus now. And so the podcast I used to do, we used to talk about game arts and what people needed to do, but now there's this idea of the metaverse and there's NFTs and there's game arts and then your job, Two, which is a fascinating job. Like I, I had a version of it, but like, I feel like my job, my software job was like this little tiny cafe in small town in Italy. And now you've got like this really big, important job at this huge company. It's fascinating, but all right, tell us what you do now. Oh, I'm a creative, a creative director at Adobe. Um, mm -hmm. Just a also... creative director at Adobe. That's it. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, you know, I, I work with uh, some of the most amazing artists, really. Like, um, you know, like uh, our group is also obviously the Substance 3D group. Um, so, you know, we do a lot of the, the obviously, the 3D aspects of mm -hmm. uh, the, the Adobe stuff. And yeah. um, I'm also a what's called a, a software evangelist. Which is which is an actual um, uh, title uh, at Adobe, where I work with the Adobe Modeler team and um, just uh, sort of spread awareness in in the community of of uh, our particular fledging app um, as it matures. So, uh, and I was doing the same thing for Oculus Oculus Medium back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, so just you know. I mean, it really is a dream job for me, just using the 3D sculpting app and doing what I think would be cool, something to show the community what they, you know, something that they hope to appreciate. I would hope that they appreciate coming from the software and get people excited to think about trying uh, this new way of working. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of like in, in a capsule sort of uh, what I do. Yeah, that's it's 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 an it's amazing. I mean, that when I met you, that's what I was doing with Pixelogic, right? Yeah, and, yeah. there's a mirror you know, there. If I'm like, what we're, you know, I mean, you were the the, the ZBrush dude back, you know, when we were at ILM. Like you, I think you 
trained us there early on. You guys were my, my first job actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And Pixlogic yeah. didn't even hire me. They actually fired me when I got back from you guys. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't complain. I, or anything. <laughs> <laughs> was it you? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That was a scary oh, time. They just, you yeah. know, they just weren't ready to hire full time. And yeah. So, but anyways, so you came from VFX. Yeah. Uh, in a, uh, yeah, I mean, prior to VFX, I had many different careers leading up to it. But yeah, I would say that um, I come I come from a, a background of visual effects. If I were to kind of uh, mm. distill it uh, that way, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what's that mean? So, I know you when you were pretty much at ILM. What was it like before that? What were you doing before that? I mean, there was. Uh, there... <sighs> I mean, I, I've been in the industry for a long time, I guess. So prior to ILM, I've, I've had many different jobs leading up to it. Um, yeah. A lot of it really not related to CG. You know, the typical, I think all of us go through it, like finding your way, proving yourself, mm -hmm. trying. Uh, I mean, I, I, I worked for this um, post-production facility, like taping, dubbing at, at, from Avids into like mm -hmm. tape decks. Uh, oh, thinking wow. that oh that, that would probably lead me to better places and you know but in the end they got me buying donuts for the directors every 6 a.m you know yeah. uh, sort of thing um and and yeah just i i had a stint in texas uh for uh jimmy neutron my first film credit mm -hmm. jimmy neutron boy genius we were using light waves so you know I, it was my crash course in really using uh a software package deep in production. Uh, mm. So that was a very invaluable experience for me. Um, and, you know, from there, just it led me to ILM, which was my uh, childhood dream to work for. Essentially. Mm. Yeah. And, and what about schooling? I went to uh, Seneca College in, uh, in Canada. In Canada, um, okay. Yeah, in Canada. I wasn't really... Uh, I would say uh, something that I I found useful. It was just sort of a means to get to where I wanted to be. Um, so it was like a, a pretty short course that I just wanted to get, kind of, you know, get out of the way to tell my parents, like, yeah, I, I kind of uh, went to school for this, and you know, but but in truth, I think I could have I could have totally skipped school and and had just like you know bought a computer, you know, kind of just devoted a lot of time, which is what I ended up doing anyway. Like I would not really participate in much into the lab or homework stuff that they gave us. I would just do my own uh, modeling and uh, 3D Studio V1 uh, Max version one or 3D Studio DOS, you know, mm -hmm. kind of just going deep in that program and learning, learning modeling in my own terms rather than like build a seen with spheres and cones and render, yeah. you know, like, right. Yeah. So do, you, <laughs> do you still feel like that's the same that you can skip people can skip some element of school college? I don't know. Like, I think it, it, I would always be cautious to when I answer such questions, I would say based on my experience, uh, if it was me, yeah, but I think everyone's different. Right. But in, and from my point of view, looking at what, what is out there, the resources, 
um, that's out there, uh, you know, schools, uh, like, you know, um, for a tech school, but like, you know, like I'm talking more about like, uh, like maybe Academy of Art or like these expensive uh, universities. I, I personally feel that um, those are uh, skippable in terms mm-hmm. of what we do in the industry. Yeah. You know, I think the, there's enough resources online and it's all about really the time you put in. Um, I think for me, I learned the most when it's just me in my computer learning it. Now, I think the benefit of schooling is, you know, you have your other classmates and, and stuff like that. So I'm not diminishing the value of that, but is it really worth paying the amount of money students are paying and getting in debt for? Yeah. I don't know. Only they can answer that. So yeah. in my head, no, it's not worth it. But that's not up to me to say. Really. Mm, I have a talk next week that we're calling uh, "Skip the Art School Circus." Oh, yeah, little little clickbait there for some. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button, smash it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know I run a school. It's called school. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I think you know people can skip school, but they can't skip education. Mm, yeah, yeah, and. I think you're like a great example of that because, you know, I hear you say like, you know, you did your own thing and you did that class, but I mean, you know, I saw you take the time, educate yourself, like that stuff you're doing with anatomy tools, the stuff that you did with Carlos Fuentes, like you apprenticed yourself to those tasks. And I mean, you worked at them, like you were going to law school, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the part that you can't really teach. Like you have to have it in you to, and I don't know, honestly, like, I don't know how I found that philosophy. I always thought myself of a slacker. Like, you know, I was mm. never really thought of myself as some, someone who would amount to anything more than McDonald's. Like, seriously, that was like my long-term plan. But yeah, like exactly what you said, the apprenticeship, like that mindset of the Richard McDonald, when I took his course, he, he labeled it as the perfect practice. Right? Yeah. Like you just, you practice. That's, that's how you that's how you do it. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you worked hard. Um, why don't we talk about like what you found was really powerful for you? Cause so I remember when I was looking at your work and I'm remembering, you know, now I, I remember clearly you working with Carlos and I don't know if you're working like in connection with them or, or what the relationship was there. But I remember seeing you developing these like primary forms based on Carlos and really talking about workflow and or not, and really just kind of working through each one of these paces very clearly. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of like, I actually use you to some extent as an example for some students. When we talk about this idea that um, mastery is not magic, it's process. Mm-hmm. You just have to learn the process and, you know, and then eventually you're going to be the master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole concept of the hierarchy of forms, um, mm-hmm. that, I mean, I- I'm sure that's been taught in, you know, classical uh, sculpture and art uh, and all that stuff. But I, I, in the world of CG, I hadn't really heard of it until Carlos, you know, uh, when we first collaborated together which was a petrifying thing because i i saw him as a figure of like oh my god he's just gonna mince me up and just throw you know like 
uh, you know, he was this like perfectionist and I'm like, how could I measure up? And then, and then he, I finally gained his trust and he, he, for me, it was like the, that, 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 that golden nugget of, of knowledge, someone like him imparted on, on, on someone like me, who's just like knew nothing at that point. Like, and, and for me, that was a hierarchy of forms, primary, secondary, tertiary. He, when he explained that to me, that was just like, everything just kind of like opened up and it's like, you know, it changed the way I thought about uh, not just sculpture, but a, a lot of my approach, even in daily life, right? Like, Oh, what's the most important, you know, I'm going to go to a trip. What is the primary form task that I need to do, you know, and then go, go to the least important. Um, and so in zebra mm. terms or, or digital sculpting terms, you know, figure out what the most uh, important readable shapes are. Secondary to that, to enhance the readable shapes, and tertiary to that, go in that importance list of importance. Um, so yeah, when he taught that to me, I was I was applying it in, in CG, you know, early early in the days of Mudbox, and then uh, ZBrush when I transitioned from Mudbox to ZBrush, I, and uh, yeah, that's always been sort of my thing ever since then, you know, like really. And when we talk about the perfect practice, it is that that I practice. And the simple, you know, it seems simple, right? The three forms that mm -hmm. that uh, that I've been practicing throughout my my time here in this industry, it's always been that. So. Hmm. Yeah, there's a great book called uh, "The One Thing," um, and I didn't realize until you just said it that you carried that off into your life too. Because I do the same thing. It's like I wake up and start the day, and I'm writing down, and it's always what's my one thing. Yeah. You know, and in the business too, because you know, there's like a million things, and I got payroll, and I got all this other stuff coming at me, and I'm like, just what's my one thing today that's going to change? You know, make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it makes it simple and approachable, right? Like, uh, it gets rid of the clutter. Um, yeah, yeah. So tell me about the transition, because um, I like I, I I remember you from working on Carlos, working on that. And then I got into my own stuff and like, it was just crazy after that, trying to understand, you know, business for me, but how's that road look from ILM to, um, to where you are now creative director at Adobe? Um, I mean, it, it wasn't really, uh, an immediate switch. You know, I was at ILM and then I, I jumped over to, to valve when, um, mm -hmm. You know, I, ILM was my obviously my dream job, but just as with any dream, I, I, you've, I've been there for like 12 years at that point. Excuse me. So you dream other dreams, right? You can't just get stuck on one dream. And um, and and trying to project where I wanted to be, it wasn't in film anymore. I think I felt like I wasn't growing as much because. You know, I was getting all the, the hero characters and all that stuff, but it kind of felt like just another job. And that for me was a sign of uh, time for me to move on. And so I, I was kind of planning, like, what is that next step for me? And, you know, my next dream was to just be in a space where I can be impactful in the most cutting edge um, evolution of whatever the industry is going to turn into. And so... I kind of just followed my gut and then, you know, valve was, was, was a place I, I, I've always wanted to work for. Uh, so I went there because I felt like real time was where it was going to be at, you know, um, kind of just kind of listening to the trends back then of, of where the industry was headed. 
Yeah. So what do I need to do? Learn real time. Well, Valve for me was the best place for that. And sure enough, you know, I got the best um, sort of crash course in, in, in game making. You know, we were uh, using uh, Source One, you know, writing on, on uh, for me, it was like Notepad, VTS to, to update textures. It was, it was like being taught the engine it went, you know, not just being taught how to drive, but rather being taught how the car worked from the inside, which was what I appreciated when it came to like, you know, me not knowing anything about games coming from ILM to like, oh, you know, this is, this is how you do it. This is a, it offered me a deep understanding of, of how to uh, create and publish games. And not just that, but also the, the the more um, businessy aspect of, of things where, you know, what I appreciate, I really appreciated about Valve was they really made their artists think about why do you do this? It's not just because it, it looks cool, but why? What's the, what's the value? You know, they always would say, what, the, what is the value of doing something like this? So you really have to think about the why rather than like, oh, I want to do this because it's cool. Which is like, you know, as, as artists, that's sort of how we're wired, or at least that's how I was wired at ILM. Um, never really thinking much about things outside of uh, the art, while there's just so much more that adds back to the art, you know, uh, especially if you're working in this industry. Um, you can't just be an artist with blinders on, right? So uh, I learned all that from Valve, and then um, I heard about this, Kickstarter for a VR company mm. called Oculus. Um, I mean, that's interesting. And uh, Valve at that point was also, you know, in the VR space. But for me, VR was never really sort of on the forefront, like, you know, blindly. I, I'm like, my dream is to work for, you know, the most cutting edge thing in the industry. Like VR is like waving its hand in my periphery and I'm like not even paying attention. And then um, Facebook, uh, you know, acquired Oculus. And I'm like, oh, this is, my gut was suddenly kind of waking up. It's like, wow, pay attention to this geo. And, um, and I was lucky enough to, to um, be brought in at Oculus. Uh, and um, yeah, that's where I met the medium team, actually, mm -hmm. uh, when I was there. And then from, from there, I developed a really close, close relationship with medium. And um and, uh, you know, started using the program and, and really trying to see what, what its potential was, um, because I was kind of resistant about it at first. And, um, I was just like, man, this is, I still like tablets and ZBrush and, you know, yeah. I'm comfortable in that space, but some, again, like listening to the gut, right? Like some, something was telling me that, uh, no, nah, yeah, I think geo, you really should should look into this and devote more time into it to learn it. Um, back in my, my college days, like learn it, learn 3d max until you're, you just, you know, you're so tired. You just don't want to like, you can't even like open your eyes anymore. So that's what I did with, with VR until I, I really got the hang of it and, 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 and became sort of the, the sort of front facing person of the medium team to, uh, to, evangelize the, the, the app in, in, in a way that I, I, I wanted to evangelize it in a way that's like, okay, look, there's a lot of these cool stuff being done that is more on the stylized cartoony side, which is awesome. But I want to, on my end, prove 
that it's a viable tool for for us uh, production artists and, and people who work in film VFX. Uh, so that's what I tried to do to to entice a lot more of the uh, of that type of um, group of people in the industry. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that was a success. And and Oculus uh, Medium eventually went to Adobe. And um, it made all the sense in the world for me to transition over with a team um, to join them. Yeah. Is that a choice you were given? Or I don't know how that stuff even works on that corporate level. Uh, were you worried? Like, how'd that come across to you? Oh, I mean, I was excited through and through. Um, like, when they went over to Adobe, I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I, even if I, hmm. if I don't end up... Um, joining them it's just such a good thing for the industry for for us artists to to have um such a big company to back up uh you know like a cutting edge way of working with with vr sculpting so yeah and i, and I want to unpack a little bit of the of the vr because um you know like i still haven't got my head i have to admit into vr I'm still like, I'm, what is it? I've got a 24 inch Cintiq, which is like in and of itself, six, five years old, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, um, well, why don't we talk about that? So like in terms of, um, VR sculpting, do you still see this as like the thing people need to learn? Is it transitioning now that we're starting to talk about XR as well as VR? Yeah. I mean, I think, VR has always been sort of like just one of, I mean, you know, there's, there's many R's, right? There's AR, XR, MR, VR. I know, right? <laughs> and it's, it's all, it's just really, I look at it as like VR is just sort of ahead of the game technology wise mm-hmm. compared to AR because AR is probably harder to pull off, right? Uh, as, as a technology. Mm-hmm. And but for me, it's like it, it could be anything VR, AR, XR, whatever R, or even hell, desktop. Like, I think it's just the tools. Um, what's exciting about all this is that the, the tools are, are evolving in, in a way that um, we're able to visualize things. And I think that whatever R you want to um, pick from that very aspect of it is I think what will, uh, remain constant. And that, that's the, uh, that's how I think everything's going to evolve from, from monitor based way of working, like what we're doing now into mm-hmm. maybe we're, we've this glass, you know, these spectacles of mine have a little thing, AR that I'm just kind of here at my desk, like twirling things as if it's, it's actually, you know, clay. Um, right. Oh, this is a piece by uh, John Payne, who uh, who gave it to me at Monster Palooza, <laughs> mm. an awesome one. But yeah, you know, like you're you're here, and you're able to see the, the the sculpture as if it's in front of you, and are able to visualize the form and the round. And I think, you know, if there's any progress to be made in in in, in all that, I think that's that alone for me is an exciting one to. Uh, to to arrive you know i mean with vr it's already there but you know yeah why do you like why do you like sculpting in vr uh many things i think i get i get asked that a lot like you know a lot of people are like oh what's the difference um well many things right for me 
the, the the sense of scale really is is um, is huge. Like, say, I'm sculpting Godzilla. You know, mm-hmm. I always I always uh, bring up this example. Like, okay, Godzilla. Say it's for a film, and um, legacy effects needs to fabricate. Okay, maybe Godzilla is a bit too big. Maybe uh, let's say uh, a Navi. You know, let's, let's keep it a bit more. Uh, yeah. Uh, nine foot, twelve yeah, foot. Yeah, nine foot instead of like the CN Tower size. Um, so like a a twelve foot character monster. Um, and so if we're sculpting it in, in ZBrush or the monitor, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to gauge sort of uh, the proportions. You know, you send it off to print, maybe it's it's not looking. You know, it's looking a little bit distorted. Well, in the context of reality in VR, you know, I could be there with the director, let's say we're, we're looking at it from the context of, of uh, the real lens, our eyes, and then, oh, you need the, the head to be bigger, you know, scale it up. Um, so it's almost like it's like working on a physical object that you can see directly in front of you. And on the purpose of sculpting, that's huge because it's the difference of someone sculpting with clay, real clay and someone sculpting on a flat monitor, right? Um, There's a big difference there uh, in terms of how you visualize the form in the round. It's it's hard for me to explain. It's almost like when you're driving, you're not looking at the road, but you're looking at the horizon to anticipate what's coming. And that's how I view form in VR is that when I'm turning it around, assessing the accuracy of form. I'm not looking at the form itself, but how it turns. And because mm-hmm. it's so dimensional, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't do this in a monitor. Like I'm using m- my head, my hands, all these, these ways of, of, of rotating the model that um, it just proves to be a much more accurate way of, of sculpting. That to me is true sculpting because you're working in all of the, the dimensions and, primary, secondary, tertiary forms just bode so well in that sort of a space for me. Hmm. Primary, secondary, tertiary. Yes. The workflow. Yeah. The workflow. um, Mm -hmm. Because for me, I'm very anal when it comes to like form cleanliness. Right. So because it's, it's, you're looking at it as if it's there dimensionally, it's just, it's, there's a difference. It's, it really is hard to explain until you try it. I think it's uh, one of my troubles describing about VR. It's like, unless you put it in your head and, 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 and work in it, uh, that's the really only way to describe it. Cause a lot of the stuff I post online of videos in VR, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. ah, it's, it's, it's still a, there's still a difference until, you know, you put that. Until you get it in. Yeah. 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 So you're ahead of the curve on an, on me there. And like, when you're looking at this now, gosh, I mean, what is it 10 plus years? We've like, I knew. Yeah. Cause I started this company. I got, I think I started it 10 years ago. So I would have known you about 10, 12 years ago. Um, and this industry was so small and now you're a creative director at Adobe, you know, where do you see 3D going? Do you see this as the new 2D? Um, um, where's what's the what's what's uh, in store for 3D? 
I mean, honestly, I think it's just going to be the same as it is now in terms of between 2D and 3D. It's just going to evolve into something new, like with AR, VR. But I think the amount of things people are, are outputting, either 2D, 3D, or whatever, is my hope is that it's still, you know, there's a there's a good gradient of things. Not just it's not just going to be VR. It's not just going to be AR or 2D, uh, or but also 2D, right? Um, and the stuff that's being worked on, it's not going to be it's not just going to be VR. There's also going to be desktop as well. Like it's not just going to be a VR only app. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I, I'll, I'll definitely refrain to talking much about uh, Adobe and, and and Modeler, but I, I would say that. Modeler is not a VR only uh, application. You, know, you have the option to to work uh, on desktop uh, with Modeler. Um, yeah. So I think it, it, because of that, I think it's just going to be the same. But new things will start to emerge because of these different workflows, and it really is going to be up to that one or two or three or many, hopefully, geniuses that that sort of steer the the art, artistic community into directions that that are new, right? Like, oh my gosh, so-and-so did this in whatever software. It doesn't even have to be anything specific, but then people follow. And so I think that's always been the case. And I don't think mm-hmm. anything really is going to change despite the technology um, evolving, I think. That's my, mm-hmm. that's my ideal... I, my ideal scenario is that the technology doesn't drive the artistic vision, but rather the artistic drive the technology. Um, so. That's, I totally understand. I mean, and that was actually core when um, I was at Pixelogic, that was mm-hmm. core. I mean, Ofer stubborn. So, I mean, he was kind of doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. I know people at ILM were like, give me an outliner. <laughs> <laughs> I, he was like, I think I, mean, I was one of the ones who asked for that. <laughs> but still, nonetheless, you know, that's great. That's amazing. And it's, you know, one of the things that's really crazy because the whole landscape's changing. Like Epic bought Reality Capture. They bought Mega Scans. Unity just bought all of Weta's software. Um, Adobe now, you guys have, um, you know, Allegorithmic. You've got, you know, all this stuff that you're building now. Like the landscape is absolutely shifted in the last two years, you know, if not just the last year itself, which is crazy. But that done and said, um, when's your, N- when's your NFT project? <laughs> oh man. I you got something gonna... coming, something cooking. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, I honestly haven't even thought about it. Um, all the, I know that was a big discussion in the community. There were a lot of, um, I just kept out of it. Like I was, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to focus on, uh, on work, making sure that, uh, you know, I don't get fired from my creative director uh, gig, um, and just and just kind of like stepped away from. And I, I noticed. Well, what I did notice from that whole thing was the the split it it caused the community, right? And 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 all these these sort of like this ugliness that happened on 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 the on on those whatever two camps pro and 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 against um and so i was just like no i'm gonna step away from this i'm not even gonna think about it 
but what I, I do admire like a lot of the, the stuff that's coming out in terms of like what the artists are doing because like it or not it's creating a new language of art in mm-hmm. in, in in the community you know um, like uh, people are are exploring things more that are that have been different from like the typical stuff you see on like art station right like there's more kind of like storytelling and more of a fine arts flair to a lot of the pieces that I've been seeing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I really appreciate. And I'm like, man. And then there's like the idea of motion, you know, like typically mm-hmm. from what I'm seeing, NFTs have this sort of thing. It's not a flat image anymore. It's just, there's some things kind of added to it. That's like, Oh, that's, that's really intriguing. You know? Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I've not really thought much of it yet. Not that I'm against or whatever. It's just uh, for me to get into something, I need to be really like for, for medium, I was like not even paying attention, even though, you know, like, yo, this is a new thing. Geo, this is going to do you good. Uh, for me, it has to be when my mind is ready for it. That's when I'm like, I'm all in. And right now I'm like, uh, there's just so many more things I want to do with, with uh, my time and, and, and all that stuff. Things I want to explore uh, uh, for, for in terms of my practice, you know? Because yeah. when, I, when, I when I get into something like teaching, you know, like I did a mode 3D mm-hmm. class, like I, I, I kill myself just making sure that it's like, it's good, you know, like I, I put too much pressure on myself. And so... I think it's one of the reasons why I've, I've kind of been like putting, putting anything off that's new. Um, Cause it'll take so much focus away from me with what I'm, I'm doing right now. So. It's not cause you're getting older, right? I mean, I think that it's that too. Like <laughs> my ability to, uh, to do something. Yeah. I can't work that long anymore. You know, like yeah. if geo like 20 years ago would have been my, doing many many things like now it's just like i just want to binge on netflix like i'm just too lazy like <laughs> yeah yeah so what do you do for inspiration now because this is i mean i don't know if it happens to you but inspiration became a real problem for me at a certain point because you know it's just i became successful and and that uh, you know it was just like what do i do now and, I, and, you know, I became successful on sort of like the business level and in the career level, but, you know, I necessarily, I wasn't necessarily creating artwork that, you know, really inspired me, um, you know, and I had to go through a lot of internal work to find out, you know, to, to start to tackle this question, but how, how do you find inspiration now? Or, or do you, is this something you struggle with too? Uh, no, I, I mean, it's rare, that I find inspiration, but it's not, I still do find inspiration. Um, but that is how to be inspired, right? It's like if everything you're inspired by anything and everything, Oh my God, this I'm inspired. Then it's not really a, you know, a special mm-hmm. kind of inspiration. It doesn't ignite anything in you. So I think I'm still in the point where like, I still get inspired because when I see or see something or get an idea, uh, it just, when that spark is in me, like, okay, it's like, I'm, I'm, in my twenties again, like I would just like really put my time in something. Um, and, and I find a lot of that, honestly, like 
let's see. Yeah, online, like uh, on my Instagram, my Twitter accounts, I've I've managed to purge out a lot of the politics and yeah. and was able to really curate my timeline based on artists that I like, the type of art that I like, and um, that's just scrolling through Twitter, like you know someone doing something in in unreal or houdini you know not even zbrush or or modeler or whatever it's just something something totally different particles and i'm like oh my gosh i want to start doing imagery that's more that way you know more more graphic design or more motion design um and i and i have recently kind of started to think about like how can i uh evolve my style into more of a sort of motion design style instead of like, mm -hmm. oh, screen grab from the 3D app and then post or creature in T-Pose, then post, you know, like how do I present it into this, this style that I'm really into that I'm seeing um, and experiment that way. Mm -hmm. And of course, nature, like I'm always like taking walks when I see a tree form, I'm like, take a picture of it. I'm always like, oh, that looks like a face or that looks like an arm, you know, it's like, those things do uh, pareidolia, facial pareidolia. Uh, when you, mm. you think you see like a face up in the clouds, I'm always like, oh, I see that little pointy face on the, the tree branch there. But I always look for that because those really give me ideas for for weird creature designs. So right. it's kind of morphs morphs from like a fun little ah, oh, that's a that looks like a goofy face into like that's a goofy face. That's really gnarly. If I do that in, in 3d, you know, I could creep someone out and, you know, a lot of the more creepier pieces that I've done were kind of based off of like, just looking at nature and kind of twisting and bending anatomy in ways that, that may be off putting, but it still kind of draws you in. And that, that for, for me is really coming from being inspired by nature. Um, just always constantly looking, like looking at trees, looking at like rocks, admiring um just stuff i see during my walks um and uh, yeah i mean I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that inspire me but i think those are the two main outlets um that that, that get me kind of going artistically yeah if you were um if you were starting over today what do you think you would do i think about this a lot because the landscape's different than when you and I started. It's, you know, and I mean, it was number one, it was kind of easier in the sense of like, there wasn't a lot of people. So it was easy to stand out. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I like to remind people, you know, they're, they might look at like me and be like, Oh, Ryan, I know you from this career and all this stuff, but it's like, I was just super lucky because I sculpted <laughs> mm -hmm. nobody else, nobody else around me in 3d sculpted. You know, yeah, so yeah, it was just yeah. like, Ofer saw it and he was like, Hey, come work for us. <laughs> that wouldn't happen today. You couldn't get a job like that in software, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, what would you do now if you were starting over and you wanted, cause you've hit all these high points, like, you know, ILM, that's a huge high point for a lot of people. Now, you know, you went over and you started evangelizing in VR and on top of that, now you're not evangelizing in VR. Now, now you're actually helping develop the ecosystem for you know, 3D asset creation at Adobe, right? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if I want to label I, it that way. Uh, again, I would probably reel, reel in on more of the <laughs> Adobe talk, but um, 
but yeah, like the, the high points have been like, yeah, ILM, Valve, Oculus. I want to say Facebook, but Oculus is better. Oculus right. <laughs> um, and Adobe, you know, like, uh, and yeah, no, I've, I've been very, very lucky in, in, in on that front for sure. Um, so but, what would, uh, what would you, what would you recommend to people starting out now? Uh, I think, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't even know what to do if it was me, but, um, what transposing myself in, in, a in, in a version where I'm just starting out and based on what I've seen, I think what is definitely consistent is social media, right? Like, I mean, back, back in our days, uh, mm-hmm. we had GeoCities and really that how I came about, uh, my success was through social media v1 um three what is that three raf.com remember that raf.com oh my god i do does that still exist i don't know well maybe be careful maybe it's like a virus related Uh, uh, site now uh but uh i I, I would google that first but um yeah i do remember that yeah raf.com Mm-hmm. Had uh, the IRC channels. Uh, we had GeoCities, which was my main sort of uh, hub. You know, I had my own website uh, that I, I would update, and that's how I got all these these uh, opportunities. And so, uh, more so now, you know, we have Instagram, you have Twitter, and that had those have been sort of my vehicles to to develop my identity outside of work because that is still very much important to me. And, and it plays well with what I do with my work, you know, like I, I, I work with a community with artists and I need to be involved and engaged in social media. Um, so using social media, I think if I were to start would be key, you know, developing, mm-hmm. um, a strong presence, you know, it's almost like social media talk, right? Like you, you hire someone to, to tell you all these statistics that you could do, but it really is you really do need to be sort of like a, you have, you have to have some form of business acumen. You can't just be like uh, an amazing artist and post something and expect people to come. You really need to think about engagement, a way to, to engage with your, your followers, right? Like, uh, I mean, I, I, I always look at a lot of the, the really savvy people out there who, who do this kind of thing. And I'm like, man, that, that's brilliant. And they gain so much followers, some a lot of engagements. And, you know, I think a lot of the more like artsy fartsy ones look at that and go, well, they're not really being artists. Well, then you do not get as much opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, the, the, that, that has been sort of like a really important part of being an artist now. And I think it, uh, people coming into this new need to embrace that and, and, uh, and really study those who are, doing it well and, and, yeah. and pattern themselves after that, I think. So. How do you, cause it, it might be my personality, but that is, I don't it's not FOMO, but it's more like, Oh my God, he did that. What the hell have I been doing with my life? Like, how do you manage that? Um, that slight level of toxicity, you know, that can come in. And I, I don't mean to like make a whole big thing about, you know, the toxicity of social media, but just, you know, as an artist, that criticalness that can come in. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's, a, it goes hand in hand, but we are all human and we do all experience, 
that, you know, so to deny that would be to lie. I mean, you know, it's like mm. artists have egos. And, and, and so I think, I think I've learned to just to, to, to kind of divorce myself from that feeling. It's just like focus on my own thing, like what I want to do um, and be, try to be happy with other, you know, like, Oh man, so-and-so is doing amazing that is good for the industry. So-and-so is doing amazing for this NFT thing that they're doing, opening up the doors in the future for other artists to get into that space. That is now NFT is being, digital art is now accepted in the fine arts community because of yeah. the N NFT front. Like, I know there's a lot of controversy about that. And, and to elim for me, to elim eliminate any FOMO, using that as an example, I just think of it as like, they're opening doors. Like if I ever want to go into that space, they've already paved the way. Or if student A, B, C, or whatever wants to go into that space, that space has already been paved because of that person, regardless of what I think about what their work is or how they're handling the work. There's always these layers of like judgment, judgmental mm -hmm. things that we can apply. But I'm like, no, just look at it for, for what it is, you know, people doing their thing to one survive in this world and two do art on top of that. And three, if they're successful, then isn't that good for us? So that's sort of my, my way of thinking about things. And, mm -hmm. and it keeps me just like chill about it. And I'm just doing my own thing on top of that. So. I'm just going to play that on loop in my oh, ear over and over throughout the day. I'll, cl <laughs> I'll clip that, that sense of gratitude, you know, which I think is easy to forget. It all boils down to that. Like, and I know like, you know, easy for me to say, right. I've like had a, a really personally good career for myself. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I've always really tried to think of it that way. Um, you know, even, even when I was like starting out uh, easier said than done, like it took, practice on a lot of like work, inner work to kind of get to that state, you know, I mean, I still fall into like, you know, like, oh man, what am I doing wrong? Like I've been like lacking in my followers, but you know, what, what can I do? What, you know, yes. so yeah. it, it, we all kind of like fall back into things, but I think it's good to just be, uh, you know, grateful and, also just have fun and do your own thing. Um, I've always, I think in my career, I'm not, not career, but personal work, just have done my own thing, you know, and it kind of led me to a space where it's like less followers, but I'm happy, you know, like, mm -hmm. I'm not doing the, not that I'm against any of like the, the more kind of, um, you know, like portraits that, that are hyper real, which gain a lot of followers. I'm noticing like, I want to mm -hmm. do all that stuff, but I'm too lazy. So I'm just going to do my own thing. Less followers, but I'm really fulfilled. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of freaking work. I'm it's so much like, work to do those so likenesses. Like, like, I tried to, I tried to do it like, you know, two years ago. And it was just like, I can't do this. And the pores you know? and then the eyes. And then the I hair. know. Like, the, the, yeah. These and all I want to do is just like move some clay you know, yeah, around. Yeah. So let's talk sculptor to sculptor. Cause you know, you're one of the best sculptors that we have. What do you think um, people 
are um, really kind of like not doing in sculpture to really get themselves around form, you know, like what are some of the things that people just, they maybe need to level up on study more. Uh, uh, Real talk here now. Real talk. Like, come on, what's wrong with those ankles? Why would you do ankles like that? Please. Well, I'm not one to critique anatomy because it's been a while since I've taken Andrew's classes. And, you know, I'm like, like, what is that muscle again? The arm mastoid thing. (laughs) Um, But real talk when it comes to like form. uh, And, you know, I can't help it. Of course, I'm going through my feet. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. If only. And a lot of it is primary and secondary forms. Like I think a lot of people just go directly into the tertiary. Mm. And when I say tertiary, I think a lot of people think tertiary is the surface detail, right? Like the, the more porous uh, kind of finer displacement stuff when tertiary are still forms like the, like say, um, you know, these, these, you know, when you look at my hand, my really gnarled hand right here and you do the squint test, you, what, you still see shadows, right? Like you see this shadow right here. Mm-hmm. That right there is tertiary forms. Tertiary forms. Mm-hmm. Secondary, probably. Primary. Secondary right here. Tertiary. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people go from like maybe say primary to tertiary disregarding the structural stuff. Yeah. Right? And I see a lot of great designs marred by that that jump from primary to tertiary so you have this really awesome design creature but it's like tertiary 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 you need those secondary forms to really like pop out the the landmarks like say the cheekbone the the maw to really get the skull to read mm. um and i think a lot of people uh do not practice that enough like from primary to secondary and then stay in that space don't even worry about tertiary. Make sure that you're in that space. That, that's the space where design is involved, right? You're mm. designing. That, that's, that's what you should relish. And, and that's where the perfect practice should be, in my opinion. Primary to secondary is, is design. You're designing the silhouettes, how the, the big forms intersect together, how they, how they catch the light from afar when you squint. You know, when I squint and look at you, I know it's you because of your primary and secondary shapes, right? right. Um, that's the design of your face. And then, and then from there, once you start putting the tertiary and the surface details, everything just locks into place and knowing what, how to not um, noise up your, your model when you start putting the, the tertiary state, shapes, like respecting the bigger forms. So I see a lot of, uh, a lot of models that, that um, lack that thinking. And I think, and I don't know, like uh, just maybe studying more uh, classical sculpture. I don't know what the, the answer to it really like. I mean, what are your thoughts on that one? I'm curious. Well, it's interesting because I've, um, I've been talking to students and well, it was about, it's about a month ago. I started talking about um, structure a little bit. And like you mentioned, so, you know, I always ask like, you know, what structure and I try to get them to give me a definition, like what structure, what structure. And if you look up structure, structure is a relationship between parts. And so people tend to think about, and the way I like to think of it is that there's the primary and the tertiary and 
um, what people do is they tend to look at object. And within that object, they look at, here's the general shape of that object. And here's a bunch of cool little details on that object, yeah, right? Yeah. And they miss how that object is then relating to the second object that's next to it, right? Mm. So like the example you gave of the hand, you know, this area right in here is now actually how all of these secondary, all of these forms are connecting. You're actually talking about, you know, the structure of yeah, stuff. That's a good way. Yeah, structure. I've, I've never thought of it. That word yeah. that is, is key. Yeah. And, you know, if you miss that, because I can remember, I can imagine with the primary and secondary, that's where you're really finding how things fit together and mm -hmm. spending time there to design, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that I think where a lot of 3D artists should focus on. Um, and I'm sure, you know, clay artists as well, but I don't mean to like say just 3D artists, but that's the world I'm familiar with. So like mm -hmm. 3D artists. Um, and the, those who are really amazing in, in 3D sculpture, uh, digital sculpture, um, like really have, have that intuition of how to, how to interlock those forms into a way that feels structured, that feels like it could, the that all those forms can support the character as a scaffolding. And mm -hmm. it's not just a series of lumps, right? Like there's a scaffolding that holds that character up. Um, and again, that's, that's the discipline that comes into that. That's, that's been my practice for all this time, you know, and, uh, still am practicing that it's like a lifelong practice. So mm -hmm. start now, it's never too late, you know, like, yeah. and it's going to up your quality, like people who don't do it, it's going to up their quality in, in, in a way that's measurable, I feel so. Hmm. Well, I have to ask you, there's two more questions um, I want to ask you. Um, what, you know, you're pretty much at the leading tip. So like what else, what's in store for the future of sculpture? Um, Tell me more modeler secrets. Uh, like, more modeler yeah. secrets. No. <laughs> smell in VR. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. <laughs> I need to smell the digital clay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's just going to be better tools, more that feel like you have more control. I'm always going to push for more control and nuance for form. You know, that is my thing, you know, uh, and um, who knows after that, like, uh, it's going to keep evolving. <laughs> you like yeah. that candor, but who knows? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Great. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> what about for you? What's next for you? What, what are, where does, where do things go from, from the, where you are now? Oh, I'm like, you know, like I said, um, I've, you know, like achieved my dream at ILM. I dreamt something bigger. I achieved that with VR at Oculus. Now I'm at a point here where I am, Again, I'm, I'm, I'm like baffled, like that I've, I've, I've been dreaming these dreams and, 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 and have been able to achieve it. Um, and so I'm at the point right now where I'm, I, I'm not dreaming what the next dream is yet because I'm so relishing this particular dream that I've achieved being here. And it really is like, like I'm, I'm like in heaven, like working here and, and, and doing the things that I, I've done. So I can't even really think about what I wanted to do what I want to do after this, because I'm just so into it right now. Um, you know, maybe if you ask me like five or six years from now, who knows, maybe I'm like, Oh, you know, I think it'll be time for me to, uh, to dream this other new thing or something from my career. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's, I'm so happy right now. I'm living the dream that I'm, I'm like, I just want to be a better artist. Like, I think if, 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 if one thing's consistent, I'm just going to keep practicing and, and with however way the tools develop and evolve and be more cutting edge, I hope to, my plan is to always do work that is, um, that showcases that, you know, so in, in whatever form. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. It's Thank been, you. you know, I mean, it really, honestly, like it's been amazing watching your career and you've been a real inspiration, you know, to me to see you kind of do this spearhead VR. Um, Cause when you joined and you started spearheading VR, I was like, I was like you before you started doing it. I was like, where's this going? Why is mm-hmm. geo focused on this? Like yeah. VR, you know, but now I can see some of all this stuff coming together. I've got my, my quest to somewhere next to me, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to become a convert. Yeah. Yes. It's right there. It ain't, it ain't yeah. going to undust itself, man. You got to pick that up. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time out, my friend. And, yeah, and you, you know, thank you for all the work you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. See ya. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com. To learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.